At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Por favor. <laughs> That's right. Welcome you to Porstark. <sighs> it's good to be here. Yes. It's unbridled and untamed. This is number two. I've got Andrew Watkins here with me. This is your host uh, with the most, mm. Alan. Uh, man, the, the reviews on the, the, the first one was good. It was. I don't know. I'm excited that people are excited about hearing more of it because, I mean, it's simple. <laughs> yeah. We're just talking. Yeah. And how rudimentary. Yeah. Let's just do the prototype of how the show started. Yeah, let's let's just do what it was meant for. Yeah. <laughs> or what it was first where it first uh the idea first blossomed. Let's You know it uh let's go back to that garden and <laughs> dig it in. Yeah, th- these are these are early episodes. Like do you remember back when we used to do like sketch comedy? Dude, I was just thinking about that the other day. Like I started thinking about the mo- that movie with uh Tommy. Oh, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. The Disaster Artist or I the, remember, the Room. I remember those episodes you did where you was you was doing it, you know, the script. You was yeah. reading it. Yeah. And I remember that. And I went back and listened to one of them. And I laughed They so still hard. hold up. They do. They do. So They're hilarious. If, if you like Unbridled and Untamed, like, go back. Like, we're talking, like, episode 15. Yeah. Like, early, yeah. early days of the cast. Oh, I'm excited about, like, what we got going on is... Um, I'm working with a graphic designer right now, and so um, the logo will stay the same, like with yeah. the the face and neon, mm-hmm. with the you know the logo. Yeah. Of uh, but for these episodes, uh, I've got graphics being uh, drawn up, uh, like for all the deep end specifically. So like right oh, when the episode yeah. drops, you'll have the image to let you know, mm-hmm. or you know. If it's unbridled and untamed, like you and I will come up with a logo for what this show means. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go back with the Cobb episodes, like uh, create a Cobb logo. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, he's coming on the show later tonight, so that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, been a while. Th- this, this whole week is really going to be uh, just a throwback to how it all yeah. began. Jam because packs. here's the reality of it is uh, we're leaving COVID. And, you know, a lot of the guests that I had on these music interviews and, like, the shape-shifting of the show, if you mm-hmm. will, uh, time really just lent itself to it, to mm-hmm. uh, have these guests who naturally, when times are normal, they would be out on the road. Yeah. Well, they weren't on the road, so I, I hit them up and be like, hey, come on the show. But last, but going back to normal, and cool. uh, Porch Talk is going back to normal, right? Yeah, I reckon it'll be harder to get for you to sit down with musicians for too long. That's right. Uh, be, I mean, most people and most singing. agents I've talked to, uh, they're saying like May, end of May, June, yeah, and uh, things are just gonna start opening up. Yeah, it'll you, be it'll be state by state. I don't think on. it's gonna go back to like complete norm. No, I don't. I think the old normal is kind of out the window. It's gone, but. We'll have this new normal that we're constantly working on. You know, I'm, I was thinking about this uh, just with comedy. Is um, the day where, you know, every gas station, every store is like mask required for entry. Yeah. And it always felt so weird to me when I had to go to the bank and I was wearing a mask. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in the Wild West. It's like, give me everything you got. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, and seeing the signs to where, you know, because a lot of these gas stations, I remember they used to have these no sunglasses, no hats. Oh, yeah. You know. No shirt, no shoes. No that's service. right. <laughs> it's going to go back. And, like, when is not wearing a mask going to yeah. be normal? You know, another question I think we should ask is, you know, 
why do we always why are we holding this higher than everything else is not everything in the past different than the future yes you know what i'm saying like yes. nothing's ever going to be the way it was and i'm doing quotations the way it was yeah uh nothing is ever going to be everything everything's always so changing and the older i get the more i pay attention to stuff like that and it, i guess it's because i've lived you know i've i've had a life to look back on yeah but I look back at way things used to be, and I'm like, man, you know, those was nice, you know. And then there's that that thought that, I, and it's off of. Uh, I get the quote from uh, Andy Bernard on The Office when he says that how come there's not a song that talks about? Or there's always songs talking about the good old days, mm-hmm. but nobody, you never really know when those good old days are. You don't know when you're living them until they're past. They're gone. And he says somebody should write a song about that. <laughs> That's what he says in the show. Yeah. And it's true. Well, it's like, uh, and I'll say this is, uh, and we have this conversation all the time, like mm-hmm. off the mic, just riding in the car or um, just hanging out, is, you know, the, the dog days of summer, the glory days. Yes. And a lot of people uh, look back on high school as, you know, it was just, mm-hmm. that was the time. That was the period. And then some look to college days. And mm-hmm. uh, and some are living in them right now, like personally, of uh, Man, I, I'm excited about every day I get. Yeah. It's like, uh, who knows, you know? Yeah. Well, too, a lot of people's glory days or uh, dog days of summer is a lot of times, like we, like you just said, it's different points in different people's lives because I think people prosper in different parts of their life. Oh, yeah. And when you prosper, and you remember that, you know? And when you suffer, you remember that too, but That's you right. don't, you don't, you, remember you don't want to remember that, you know, Yeah, because you was more likely suffering or going well, the through thing a hard about, time. The thing about your suffering and hard time and like, just if you want to take it to an economic stance, being poor is, you know what it is like to be there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is the thing about success and failure is what does it take to become a winner or to be successful? You have to lose. You have to fail. Yeah, and it's taken all these life right. lessons and be like, that didn't work. That yeah. didn't work. That mm-hmm. didn't work. That didn't work. This works. Yeah, I'm gonna ride this train, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Not everybody can see that, you know. When it's yeah, right you know that's you. and that's one thing I want to be more. Um, There's been times where I've didn't learn the lesson until years after I made the mistake. You know what I'm saying? It, life it be like that, man. Yeah. Like there's times where I look back and I'm like, oh. To quote okay. the great Tyler Copeland from the Man Up podcast, is they don't think it'd be like it is, but it do. <laughs> yeah, something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't think it. They don't think it'd be like it. Uh, you Hang know what? I, I can't do it. Yeah, you can't do Tyler's it. Tyler's just the man. Can't do it like Tyler. Miss that guy. Yeah. I'm gonna give him a big hug next time I see him. <laughs> so what's up, man? We got some topics that they have to throw around. Yeah, we got some stuff to talk about. We can talk about some of the things that. What was we talking about earlier? Because we we stopped in the middle of that conversation and was like, we need to be recording. It this. was about uh, taste. Like, oh yeah, taste. Yeah, and how? Yeah, because and it's crazy too. Because earlier today I was talking, I was sitting eating breakfast, and uh, uh, there was a guy there who talked about turnip greens and collard greens and how he will never touch them, but he's never tried them. You know, and I honestly. I don't. I know I haven't tried them because my mama cooked them enough that I hated the smell. Oh my god! And I yeah. was just like, "How can anybody enjoy, or how can that be any good, smelling like that while it's cooking?" Like, and, I, and I've never ate it. But then I, I, like I told you earlier, my grandpa used to tell me all the time he'd offer me something, and if it was something I'd tried or hadn't tried, either way, if I said, "No, nah, I don't want that," yeah, yeah, you know, right? He'd be like, "Well, when's the last time you ate it?" Or when was the last time he tried? And if I had tried it before, I'd be like, more than likely, it's been a long time. And he would he would tell me, you know, your body changes. I mean, you, you go through a lot of changes in your youth, but as you grow, your body's still going to keep changing. It's never going to stop. And it's going to not necessarily adapt, but just change, you know, things about you chemically and biologically. That's right. Will, will, will change throughout your lifetime. And, and I, you know, took interest in that and looked it up. And every seven years, you know, it says that Google says that our taste buds change we every, love you every, bill gates <laughs> our uh our taste buds change every seven years and you know that makes sense because when i was little i hated onions but now i love them i put them on everything i like cooking with onions and garlic 
Garlic. I used to hate garlic as a, I hated garlic bread as a kid. Now garlic cloves can be used for so much cooking. Like I watch a lot of videos on short videos on recipes and stuff. Oh man, almost every one of them have garlic in it. Oh, almost dude. every one of them. Um, you know, my ex-wife she was a pretty good cook, and um, I mean, we ran through garlic and like with some of these dishes that she was preparing. I mean. And it got to a point to where, like, it wasn't even called for, but we just like what it added to the dish. That mm-hmm. We love that flavor profile. Just throw it in there. We keep garlic salt in my house now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we keep it. Yeah. We put it on everything. Oh, I believe in it. Yes. But, you know, it, the conversation started over mac and cheese. Yeah, mac and cheese. Yeah. And uh, I told you, okay, check this out. Uh, chicken salad chick. I think there's like three or four. Uh, there may be more. I know there's one in uh, Oxford. There's one in Starkville. There's one in Tuscaloosa. There's one in Tuscaloosa. And then the new mall. Okay. Uh, so it's expanding. Uh, and I, I got a chicken salad sandwich on a croissant. And, uh, you know, you get two sides and the, a grape salad. And then I looked and I was like, oh, mac and cheese. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I looked over at my coworker right when I placed my order and I said, mac and cheese. I was like, I'm not going to eat that. Do you want it? <laughs> He's like, you don't like mac and cheese? And I was like. If it's at home, like, yeah. you know, noodles, doing it yourself, using Velveeta cheese and just, there, there's nothing better than a home cooked meal, man. No, nothing. You know? I like that homemade macaroni that's got like a, it's got so much cheese, it's like bread. You know what I'm talking about? Like the cheese oh, will be so with thick that it's like, yeah. it's like clumpy cheese in it. It's almost like bread, there's so much cheese. That's the kind of mac and cheese that is the best to me. Yeah, totally. But like I said earlier, like making making your own noodles. Making your own noodles is a good way. And I don't know if it's because I put the work in and I appreciate it more, but dang sure tastes better than me. I mean, have you ever prepared a meal yourself that you didn't like? No, not really. I mean, there's been a couple things like that I've experimented it with. It could have used some improvement. Yeah. It may have not have done right, but it, it definitely have been opportunity or cases like that. You know, when me and JC were living together down in Mobile, when we moved down there for college, it's like JC's a really good cook. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love it. was a joy to live with JC because that, yeah. that dude, he could cook, man. Yeah. And it was like some of his best dishes, like just as his roommate. Like, just try to invite somebody over and be like, hey, you should cook that dish tonight, dog. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I know Jessica says that uh, of course it. a lot of times people, good cooks come from a background where you know they had to cook like I'm yeah. not saying I'm a great cook but I know a majority of the basics of you know cooking I know how to boil water <laughs> you yeah. know, so I can make a lot of stuff but that is because you know my mom had MS when I was younger and she, she still has it now but uh, back then they didn't even know what it was so she was taking no medicine or nothing for it and she would have spells where she couldn't walk or talk or do stuff and during the summer when me and my sister would be at home if we was hungry i was the one preparing most time it was just a sandwich i ain't gonna say you know i yeah, picked sure. a five course meal but uh i think that's one thing about different that differs between me and jessica because she had mimi cooking for her you know her whole life. Mimi, and Lord Mimi, knows Mimi, Mimi can cook. Holy moly! I've had plenty of those mm. Mimi meals. I wish I wish I could like harness her knowledge and open a restaurant because it would be banger. She both she, of she my was a home ec teacher. Are great. Yeah, she was a home ec teacher for like thirty years too. So I mean, she my mother literally makes taught me lasagna. Oh, but your mom, your mom. I have never ate anything your mom. My mom can cook. She's a great cook. Yeah. Yes. And I remember every time that I've ever ate with you, I remember what we ate. I remember what we had for dessert. I remember it all because yeah. it was that good. Like it impacted Shout my Shout out life. to those good mothers out to there, To them man. good mothers and grandmothers that know what they're doing in the kitchen. Yeah, and they just we do. Appreciate it's a labor you. of love. And, man, they and, say that a way to the man's heart You go unappreciated so many times. Yeah, that's right. That it, I just want to apologize for all those times, and I thank you now for yeah. it. Love you, Mom. Love you. Mm. Love you, Alan's mom yeah. and my mom. I am, yeah. All the love to to all those mothers all out there. All the mothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, uh, something else that uh, I wanted to talk to you about is uh, I thought this is interesting. It's just on the short drive that you and I took uh, before sitting down to do this. Yeah, is 
you know, we were just to talk about how times change. Uh, and this could this could be economic, but mm-hmm. like, what do all the boys have right now? They're out of high school. They got these big trucks. They got the trailers pulling four wheelers. It's yes. all very nice things. Mm-hmm. Spending that money. Spending that money. And if you got it, do, do it. it. it I'm for it. Yeah. But uh, like, I liked our stance. Was like, I didn't have any money, so I just did what. Yeah, what you could. What I could. <laughs> yeah. Me and you both was like that. <laughs> you know, I didn't. I had jobs, and you know, when I was in high school and right out of college, but I mean, it didn't pay nothing. I don't know what these kids be doing now. Oh, I'll tell they you making what. some money. I don't they're they're just either. in real debt. Like their first big buy is a truck and a side by side and a trailer. You know, and that's their first big buy. Yeah. Like, they'll buy that before they buy a trailer to move out of mom and dad's house. Like, I guess that's what they're doing. I don't know. But even then, I don't I don't know that anybody would have gave me any money at 18 or 19 years old. You know, it was our backs against having, the wall. Yeah. I remember remember our Shetland State days. Well, like, like, those are some of those, my dog days. <laughs> yeah, but also, too, that's some... you. I, I forget about this a lot. During that time, was probably it, that was the worst the economy had been in years. You know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when gas was four dollars well, a gallon. Two thousand eight was the uh, the the real real drug crisis. The yeah. market mm-hmm. dropped, yeah. and a lot of people lost everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. those were some of the. I mean, and a lot of people say like we're about to hit it now. Yeah, I think we will. I think gas is going to go back up to like what it was then. I oh, think abs- absolutely, it will. It'll, it'll easily go to four dollars a gallon. Yeah, by the summer. And so it, it's good to look on those times, but like when I think about dog day, it was like. It was you and me living in Kennedy, Alabama, going to Tuscaloosa four days a week. And, man, we were just surviving. Yeah, from 8 to 2.30 every day. Yeah. 2.33 every day. And it, granted, I'm not going to say it was hard, but, dude, we didn't have any money. And nothing. Especially me. Now, you took care of me. You yeah. did. And I thank you for that because there would have been many a days that I would have been hungry going home and be like, Mom, what was for supper? I remember that times, and my dad had lost his job too at the, during that time, during my college days too. That we, I would go out to eat with Matt Keith and, and Dan. And, I miss those guys. And Zach, so pretty. Yeah, and Zach and all of them, Corey, Alex. Uh, we would all go to the hot walk. And oh I, man, we call it the hot cock. Yeah, every <laughs> yeah, every one of them would get a plate, you know, and I would just be chilling. And they would get done, and I'd be the like, leftover. hey, let me, let me hit that. Let me hit that. Let me hit that up. Mm-hmm. Give me that rice. You don't want that rice. You want to give it to me. But I did what I had to. I didn't go hungry. I didn't. By God's grace, by him putting people in my life that love me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Totally, man. I've, I've, this is that same story when we moved down to Mobile. By some miracle, like, the first year we and by miracle I mean it was probably student loans uh a little bit. Not so much for me. I had the insurance money. But uh yeah. uh that first year we lived down in Mobile, we didn't work. No, we just we did it, dude. We we were L I V I N, you know, mm-hmm. we were living. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, we had never lived in a big city, and I don't know if you could really call Mobile like a big city, big for Alabama. It is for Kennedy. Yeah, it's real big for Kennedy, and it was. We were just having a yeah. ball. You know, I think about this often. You, I'm sure you do too. But we're very fortunate that we kept our friendship while you was gone, because you was gone for a while, six years, and it don't take but a little time to lose somebody. What? That's lose the thing. Closeness. You know, that's the thing I say about Sid. It's the thing I say about you. It's the thing I say about Dustin or Dill. Yeah, uh, and the list goes on, man. And my dad always told me that, you know, you would do good in this world if you have one true friend. Well, man, I'm supremely blessed. Yeah, in that regard, because like you, and and my dad defines it like this: is like if you can not see or speak to anyone for six months, a year, two mm-hmm. years, and we never went that long. No, we didn't. But, but uh, still, if we would have, if you can pick up where you left off, mm-hmm. that's a that's a friend. You're doing good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm blessed. We're both blessed to have each other, for real. Yeah, man. I, I think about it over the years. Uh, I don't know what I would have done. I know, and I know you going down there was something that was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. I know that. And I didn't know that at the time. I remember, actually, I I thought I had messed up. Because right before you left, it was like a week or two, and you kept trying to get me to come hang over, and I was mad at you. 
Like I was mad that she was going to leave because I didn't have nobody else. I felt like I, you know, that was it. Yeah. You know? And I'm the last couple times you called me, I didn't come over and hang out. I regret that. I really do. But you know, I made, I tried to make it right. You know, because I come to my senses and I told myself, you know, Alan's the only friend you have besides Jessica and Jesus. So you need to, mm-hmm. you need to do something about it. And and I would come. That's the reason I would come visit you. Oh, dude! And those were always the dopest oh, so weekends, fun. man. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what we did, where we went, who we, we did with. some cool things, though. You we know? did. We did. I remember. I remember a lot. That and there was a couple times me and Jessica come down there together, and that was fun. Yeah, you know that was fun too. But we wrote songs together. I remember we wrote a song in Mobile when That's you right. and JC lived together in That's that right. first apartment. That's right. I, I come s- down there. I come down there. I and played I that going, song last night. I think. Was you, like I played. You? I played. Uh, I played six songs, and uh, they were. I played two really new ones. Yeah. That I wrote just for last night, uh-huh. and then the rest of them were like old old songs, and uh, yeah, totally. I remember man. I had been playing around with that song. Just the chords, you know me. I can't, I can't do words. I, I have got tons of music, but I have no words to. A lot and we're of opposite music. in that regard, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, it works together pretty good. Yeah, but I had been playing that same. Because like one of the latest songs that I wrote was, remember, it was a chord progression that you and I we were just jamming. Yeah, and I just and you was like, check playing. this progression out, and yeah. I was like, mm, I'm gonna use that. Mm-hmm. But I remember I had been playing that chord progression for weeks, and I went down there and I showed it to you one time, and within 15 minutes we had a song. Yeah. And it was it was good. I mean, it wasn't like trash song. It was decent. Mm-hmm. Like I think with if we would have pursued it more than what we did, and would have put a little more effort into no, it. No, the effort's there. It's done. I finished it. Oh, did That's you? That's what I'm telling you. Okay. I played it. Good, good, good. <laughs> but yeah, man, there's a. I look back on stuff a lot. I don't know. I guess I'm still trying to learn from my past. I guess that's why I look back so much at stuff that's happened. I guess trying to understand life more, and I know I'll never be able to. But I look back at things that happen where I'm at. Uh, for example, okay, <clears throat> there's nobody in my family that plays any musical instrument. Right? Nobody in mine. My great grandfather, uh, he played the harmonica. Yeah, and, that's it. But, my brother fooled around with a mandolin. Yeah, uh, he was good at it. Yeah, he was. He was. I remember when he played. He didn't he play in a string band. That's it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because Jessica was in it. He used to watch her play. But I can look back in like just the guitar. Like I know it's supposed to be a part of my life, and this is how I know. Because my mom, I had been, I've always loved music ever since I was very little. And I think a lot of who I am musically today is imprint was imprinted on me by what I grew up listening to. And like, I love rock, I love pop, I love hip hop, I love R&B, I love it all. I love Christian music, I love it all. Oh, let's go here. This is, uh, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Bruno Mars got attacked. He did for so music appropriation. When that's it, now he could be in like me. Any interview I've ever, and I'm a fan of Bruno Mars. He's great. He's great. You can't deny him. Uh, the dude can dance, and we don't. Okay, and like people was like, uh, he always get pays homage to who influenced him, and you have like Michael Jackson. Okay, that's where the dancing came from, and dude. It wasn't, it's recorded, man. Like, that dude would literally practice his dance moves in front of the mirror for like 10 hours a day. Yeah. No wonder he's good. Mm-hmm. No wonder he was the best. You know? Yeah. And so to say cultural appropriation because he's covering black artists or a black genre or, you know, having soul, dude. There's nothing better than that. Remember when America was considered a melting pot? Yeah. It was multiculturalism. And like when these different cultures interact, dude, all they're doing is paying homage. It's yeah. like, we really like what you do. Well, if people didn't do that, how would music continue? Right. Because, I mean, where was rock and roll born? It was born from the Mississippi blues, Chicago blues. You know, but, I mean, everybody who's an artist, you can ask any artist and they're going to have somebody who inspired them. The reason they picked up a guitar. That's right. Just on that car ride that we had oh, yeah. is like Kill Switch Engage. Uh-huh. They covered Dio. Yeah. Holy Diver. Best cover ever. I have to agree. Best cover ever. Dude, and I'm not the biggest Kill Switch Engage fan, but you are. And so I've listened to a lot of Kill Switch Engage because mm-hmm. of you. 
I don't mind them. I listen to them. Mm -hmm. It's a little heavy for me, Mm -hmm. and it's not even that heavy. It really ain't. But yeah, it it is. But that cover is like I know what the singer sounds like. That was out of his range. He appropriated Dio. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. And it's great. Even the guitar solo is inspired by that. The original solo. Yeah. That's right. I mean, it's, it almost sounds just like it. And I'm not taking... I mean, even if that's like, even if that's what he was trying to do... Isn't I mean, imitation the 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 best form of flattery? Yes, it is. Is it, it is. not? Mm-hmm. How are we forgetting And this? there's so many people that look at it different, too. Because some people look at it as like, okay, if you're going to do it like it, it needs to be just like it. No. Some people I are think, like that. I think, yeah, it has to be identical. No, I think... Uh, you appropriate it, mm. and you put your own spin, and that's what makes it original. Well, that's how that's how, and that's how you find your own style. And that's how people. Oh, that's how people are introduced to certain things too. You know what I'm saying? By that's hearing right. somebody they love do something a little different than what it's supposed to, and you can realize, okay, you know what? I kind of like that. You know, maybe I need to. Because I mean, like I like I told you, I haven't. I've known who Killswitch Engage is, and maybe not since they started, but I, I've always heard of them. But the thing is, I listened to them. I haven't started. I've only been listening to them two or three years now. That's probably it, really. But I told you what I liked about it was what it reminded me of, and I don't know if they're inspired by these bands, but that's the reason I like it is because it, they have the bullet for my Valentine kind of sound with the heavy but they got the, and they got the screaming, a little screaming from the bullet from my Valentine. But they also have like the, the melody singing, not the screaming, just the melody chorus, like Breaking Benjamin. You mean, that's just a good combination, in my point. But everybody, right. everybody's different, you know. I'm 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 looking at this. I was trying to look up like the original artists, um, but Lana Del Rey. And uh, shout out to Alt 1017. Uh, Leonard Del Rey covered uh, Doing Time. Mm-hmm. You know that Sublime, it was a Sublime cover, but a lot of people don't even know that Sublime was covering somebody else. And I was, tr- I was trying to look like that, that person up. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard that Leonard Del Rey cover, and I'm a huge fan of Leonard Del Rey, and I thought it was a great cover. And then a lot of people just came out and like, what kind of irked me a little bit was like, we would talk about that song. It was like, man, that, Leonard Del Rey's song is dope, and I was like, "It's actually a cover." Yeah, and it was like, "Nah, she wrote that." And I was like, "Come on, man." Mm-hmm. There's Come a, on. you know, there's a lot of famous singers that do songs that was written 40 years ago. Nobody young or remembers it or knows it. Led Zeppelin. Yeah, but I'm a, mm-hmm. I love Led Zeppelin. I don't think exactly. they ever wrote a song. Mm-mm. There's Chris Stapleton. One of his songs. I want to say Tennessee Whiskey. Yeah, I think that was the old song. That's the old song. That's but old. I mean, like, you love to hear him sing it because he he's got such job. a great voice. He's got that soul. he got that white boy soul. Check this out. This is kind of a hot take, I think. is, um, And I think Chris Stapleton, he's been around, like, the Steel Drivers. I'm, yeah. I'm well aware of Chris being around. But he blew up, you know, what was odd? And I think this is just like the... He's been a songwriter, too. This, Yeah, the, the music industry as a whole is Travis Tritt. Mm-hmm. He left. Chris Stapleton fell right into that spot to me because, like, think about... True. Think about those two voices. Unique to country, anyway. Yeah. They're very good, and uh, they're very Soul, close. They're very soulful, mm-hmm. both of them. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. That's a good comparison. Never thought of that. Yeah, and when Travis left... Chris Rose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's got so many number one songs that he didn't even sing. He just wrote it. There's so many he wrote. He wrote for Kenny Chesney, uh, Garth Brooks, I think. Don't fact check because it's probably not right. I know he wrote for Kenny Chesney. Oh, he, he definitely probably ghost wrote. Um, there's a guy in Vernon I want to talk to. Uh, he was the guy that wrote If Heaven Ain't a Lot Like Dixie. Oh, that Dan guy? Uh, it's Don Penn. Don. Dan Don, yeah. There's um, a museum for him in Vernon. Did you know that? You know, they recorded that song in Sullivan, Alabama. Did they? Yeah, so it's actually an insurance. It's state form insurance. Yeah. But in the back, if you go in the back, some of the recording equipment is still back there. That used to be oh, a recording crap. studio. 
That's awesome. Just to tell you a little cool things about Lamar County. Yeah. Well, I didn't know they had, I was, you know, in Vernon, you got the courthouse and then you got the tag office across the street, but there's, there's, there's those two streets right there, you know, and then there's that section of stores in the middle and there's a lot of lawyers and I think there's like a tanning place or something, but on the side streets, uh, I guess the side streets, they, they got shops down through there too. Mm-hmm. And I was just driving because Jessica's sister lives in Vernon, and that's how you get to her house is you go down one of them roads. <laughs> and I went how, down. How that, ironic! Yeah, I went down one of them roads one day, and I was going slow or stopped or something. And I looked, and I saw a building, and it said uh, "Museum of the Don." Don, what's his name? Don Penn. Don that's, Penn. That's not his real name. That's his writing name. I figured it was, but that's what it said: Museum or Don Penn Museum. I was like. They got a museum, man. So I, had, of course, I had to research. I need to I look didn't, this up. I, I wonder if he's was. still around. I know he's old now. Yeah, he's old. He's old. He might be dead. He might be past. If he's got a museum, he may be past. Yeah, yeah, he might be. I don't know. We'll but then, to, I mean, you I'm even sure think about Dennis McKay. He's from Vernon. The McKay mm-hmm. family. His father, uh, great man, mm-hmm. great musician. Dennis is a, a great man, a great musician. Definitely. And. Um, if it wasn't for Dennis McKay, I wouldn't have the respect I do for like SRV. Even oh, though yeah. I don't play like SRV, SA, SRV is a part of my influence. Stevie yeah. Ray Vaughan, by the way. Um, and it, it's those little things about like just influences down the road. And it's this little, I'm going to use a little bit of that. I'm going to use mm-hmm. a little bit of this. Little Appropriation little is, is a good thing. Yeah. Definitely. It's not harmful. No. It's like not said, bad. It's, it's the it's the only way that if people wouldn't have if people wouldn't if they wouldn't have called out Bruno Mars for this, they might be some people who don't know who Michael Jackson is, and because they see that article or whatever, they look him up. Yeah. Then they've stumbled across one of the the king of pop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the best there's ever been. Yeah. When a Michael Jackson song comes on the radio, I'm not going to turn the channel. I'm not. I'm going to listen to it. And I love that song. Is uh, if you want to make a change, oh, yeah. start with man, the man in the man mirror. Man in the mirror. That's, That's a right. Great song. Yeah, the world needs to listen. To you know, that. <laughs> I haven't. No kidding, dude. Uh, Justin Gibson. We used to do these open mics down at the Pelican Reef, and uh, man, Justin Gibson. I went to the University of Mobile with him. He was an incredible singer, incredible voice. Did I see him? I, I think you have. But this night, at the Pelican Reef. Uh, in his set, he covered that Michael Jackson song, and like Michael Jackson's not easy to cover. No, but Justin is the type that can, especially if it's in the keys. Yeah, and he did. He did. Oh, he did Jackson key. Yeah, oh, that, I'm telling you, Gibson well, has that, got well, pipes, man. The guy I saw sing that night, he could sing. Oh, uh, dude, that he had that, curly that, hair or like poofy hair. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I seen him. He could sing. That dude could sing. Yeah, He's good. And he covered that song one night, and like I had forgotten about that song. And because he played it that night, I put it in my shuffle. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's it's a great song, it's a great message, and it's a great voice behind it, you know? People just need to quit this cancel culture, cancel culture crap. just needs to go away. Because it, it's almost like with, it, no matter what approach they take, appropriation or whatever, whatever approach they take, they're just trying to see somebody fall. People need to quit doing that, man. I think it, it comes out of jealousy, man, to be oh, honest definitely, with you. Definitely. Definitely. So most of that of most of that cancel culture stuff is like they're more successful than me, and so I've got to invent something that makes them some kind of a racist, yeah, or some kind of a bigot to take them down. And I'm totally against that, man. If someone is successful, we should we should get behind that, you know. Yeah. If someone is trying to do something, especially in your community. Get behind it. Like my cousin Brent, man. He makes those nice chairs. wood chairs. Yeah. Take totally a seat. behind that. Take a seat, LLC. That's right. And they're good. Like it's comfortable. It's good quality, too. Definitely. And I know the guy that made it. You know what's crazy about that? Is where he got the idea for them chairs. Did he, he has he ever idea? told you that uh-uh. story? Oh, when we was had the praise band, uh, Absolute Zero. Mm-hmm. And it was me, Whitney, Jessica, him, Brent, and uh, Justin Sanford. We had put some songs together, and we was going to put out an album. And we found a guy in Fett. Mm-hmm. Vaughn is his name. I can't remember his first name, but Mr. Vaughn is what we called him. And we stayed in his basement. Is this basement. the same guy with the karate thing? Uh, 
Oh, oh no, no, this guy ain't no, no, not karate. He actually lives, you know where Brazier's is? I think so. Like going to Fit on the right, that little gas station, you can turn by Del- 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 Tile. Yeah, yeah, Del- yeah, 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 yeah. And you, if you go past Del Tile a little bit, there's Brazier's. He lives in a community out, it's actually like if you go to the country club. That's what I was about to ask if it was around that, that golf that course. Way. Yeah, he lives out that way. Oh, but we stayed in his basement, and he had a nice setup. I mean, it was, I mean, it wasn't professional by no means, but it was better than the one I got, you know. But his his technology was out of date. We ended up not being able to do any of it because we couldn't. I think had, I was in Mobile at the time, and I, I put yeah, y'all on McKay, was. right? Yeah, but it uh, it wasn't um, we couldn't like stay in in time together, and we couldn't record all at once, and that's the only way we'd ever played is together. Oh yeah, so it was really hard. But sitting in that basement, we stayed there eight hours probably all mm-hmm. day at least, and not working. Yeah. And uh, he had some of them chairs in his basement. And that's what we were sitting in. And I made the comment. I was like, this is a pretty comfortable chair. I was like, this wouldn't be too hard to make neither. And then two weeks later, Brent's talking about, uh, he comes to church. And he, he says, come here, brother. Let me show you something. And I look in the back. And he's got one made. I'm like, did you steal his seat? He's like, no, I made it. <laughs> I was like, oh, snap. You're making them now? He says, yeah, I think I'm going to try to start selling them. Make them and sell them. I was like, oh, go for it. Yeah. And now look where he's at, man. He's making a good chunk of change off of that. That's right. That's just the American dream. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people um, begin to believe uh, this myth that the American dream is is dead, that you can't do it no more. People are lazy. Well, there, there's, a, there's a reason why people are still flooding our borders illegally. They won't end on this thing mm-hmm. called the American dream. And I'm telling you, uh, if you want success, man, it's there. You just have to find what you're passionate about. Well, that and do it. But you know why you have to find something you're passionate about? It's because you'll burn out. You will get lazy. Yeah. People are so lazy nowadays, and, and I'm saying people, and I'm part of that. People like there's so many ideas in my surgeries that I've had while I was off both times. I yeah. tried to come up with a way of not being able, of not having to go back to work, <laughs> trying to get rich. But I realized. No matter what it is, you can be passionate about something, about a lot of things, but until you find something that you're passionate about, that the work is going to be fun and to where you're you're going to have to work. You're going to have to put work into it. It might not seem like work, but you're going to have to put time into it, I guess is what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say, not work time. That's what it's about, is investing. Mm-hmm. You can't just, it ain't nothing just going to happen. And it might for some people, but for me, it's not going to be like that. If yeah. I'm going to want anything, I'm going to have to work for it. Things, yeah, things don't... I mean, you're right. Totally. is For some people, yeah, things just kind of fall into place. But yeah. like for most people, not that way. And so, yeah, if you want something, you got to go get it. Got like, it. I mean... American Dream ain't dead. We're just how, how, do you, how do you get a girl? Well, you have to figure her out. You have to learn her. You have to learn what she likes. And mm-hmm. maybe... Uh, Maybe you're putting time, yeah. Of you know, maybe she don't like beard, so you got to give up the beard, you know, or maybe you need to lose a little weight, or maybe she likes a heavier guy. You got to, you got to learn her, you know, mm-hmm. learn, learn what she likes, and that's just like appearance stuff, right? Yeah, it goes way deeper than that. Oh, yeah, personality, that's right, which is a big thing, but I mean, that and that's just a small example, but you have to work toward that, and also when you finally get her, you have to maintain. Mm. You can't get lazy with that either, mm, no, sir. Yeah, that's a problem with a lot of guys today, is and I, I mean, I'm, I did it myself, it tend to uh, tend to spoil women early in the relationship mm. with gifts or spending time with them and then eventually love language man yeah and when the 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 newlywed not necessarily a newlywed in a sense the newlywed rush is over you know because it happens with everyone are you talking about like the puppy love yes puppy love that's a better question the puppy love at the beginning you Mm -hmm. know well especially in guys I, i think it tends more to fade out quicker uh than the women because women are naturally more emotional than men sure so they hold on to stuff more but you if you start out 
you know, spending this much time or this much money on the girl, you you're gonna have to maintain it. it. You gonna have to keep it up, or questions are gonna start arising like, well, what's wrong? You know, or, you still love me, or you know, stuff like that. And I think a lot of, especially with me and Jessica, like I spoiled her a lot, and I still do. No, nothing like what I used to though. But and she understands it now, because I think when when women do get to a certain age, they come to an understanding about a lot of things, mm. just like men do. But well, you know, women mature faster than men. Yes, they do. I think that's why they can be so ornery sometimes. I don't know. They get I, I think tired there's of the immature. <laughs> Yeah, Addicts definitely because like it's it's not anything for a girl to be mature by the time she's fourteen years old, mm-hmm. and for a guy it's like seventeen, eighteen, and like and even like the difference between boys and girls is, oftentimes I've seen it like time and time again, for a dude to get his act together it really takes like a something really bad mm-hmm. like to like kind of shake his way of living be like dude uh you got to get up and get out of uh this fantasy land that you're in this is not how life works yeah right mm-hmm. and then yeah. and then he starts getting it and then he starts being you know becoming successful and yeah. being responsible and making good decisions mm-hmm. all right man just to uh swap topics of just things that i'm excited about it's springtime i want to be outside i want to be so fishing pretty but you and I had this great thing that we both agreed on. It's like I want to go to a college baseball game. Definitely, I do. Any kind of. I mean, I could. I think I would say I'd be satisfied with a high school. You know, as long as it ain't you no know, two trash teams. Right. I want to watch competitive, good sport. Is it? Of uh, like, I mean, Alabama softball was on TV when we walked in the living room, and. Uh, Man, I used to love uh, taking Cairo out and just going to the game. She played softball, mm-hmm. so she, like, she, there was a lot of the game I didn't really understand, and like she would kind of call it out to me as it was going, and be like, "Dang, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of dynamic here." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the differences, I love going to a softball game. The difference between softball and baseball is pretty remarkable. Uh, uh, no doubt. I mean, you you know it. Jessica played. Uh, she played softball, and you were. Uh, you played baseball. Mm-hmm. Watched a lot of softball, and uh, man, this man, I can't wait. I don't want to go to. We need to go to an Alabama baseball game at night for the light show. Yeah, I heard they. Everybody's got a light show now, don't they? Oh yeah, dude, it's just a thing. I think Alabama. I think Alabama originated that though in the football stadium. Anyway, mm-hmm. I think they was and the Georgia first. quickly followed. Yeah, they they trying to. Trying to be like us. You got to get you a ring first, buddy. Yeah. And then start, and then another one, and then another one. And uh, a couple more, maybe. Uh, yeah. Four or five more. At least a dozen. <laughs> Who's counting? I'm not. Roll tide. But, man, we, uh, it, it's good to see, like, I think uh, Alabama knocked off uh, number one Arkansas. I think it was mm-hmm. a total sweep, was it not? over the past weekend. Yep. Yep. And so the Alabama baseball program is turning around. Look at Alabama basketball. They won the SEC. They won the SEC tournament. And now they're... They uh, beat the one team. And, I I want, and this leads, this segues right into the next topic is like with uh, the brackets and like yes. people making their uh, their bets, mm-hmm. their, their own brackets. And I read something earlier that said that everybody... I don't know if it might have been, it might have been like... Because you know like Different platforms have their own bracket. Like Yahoo has their bracket. Yeah. You know, you, you know stuff like that. And I don't know if it was a particular one, but it was it was said that out of the millions, hundreds of millions that was submitted to this certain platform, every one of them was wrong. <laughs> like every one of them was busted now. You know what I hate? Of uh, the most, uh, the idea of calling a bracket is phenomenal. So if you do, Warren Buffett should definitely give you a million bucks. But, mm. um, and this is like we used to cover sports, and I always thought we'd done a, a pretty good job because we weren't real critical of the player. Is uh, I hop on the hell hole known as Twitter, mm-hmm. and these basketball players from these schools like take Ohio State, one of their uh, star players caught some flack. 
and because they lost to a supposed nobody team, which turned out to be somebody. Yeah, they're hot right now. They're hot. Like I said earlier, too. Is people was just berating his DMs with just hate mail. Kill yourself. Can't believe if I ever see you, I'm gonna beat the hell out of you. Or, you know, all these. Number one, you aren't on the court. You ain't playing. You ain't playing, and like you probably couldn't play. There's a reason why he's there, there and you're not. And you're not. Mm-hmm. And so to be critical, I don't, yeah, I don't know why people are like that. And it, a lot of them, they might be driven. They have by money anger. on it. Yeah, they were driven by anger, you know, and they lost their money because Ohio State wasn't supposed to lose. That's right. Or whatever they but. play for a reason, boys and girls. If you, I mean, you can't pick every powerhouse to win. Somebody has to lose. And there's upset every year. I don't understand why people don't. It's never going to change. There's always going to be one game that everybody. Well, you'll have a wrong. you'll have a phenom. Look at Alabama football last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hardest schedule possibly ever. Ever in the history. And just went undefeated at that. That's right. There's always going to be a team that loses, and there's always going to be an upset. There is every year. Yeah. I know in 2019 because they didn't have it last year. In 2019, when I did my bracket, I almost won. If it wouldn't have been for my last the Elite Eight and Final Four picks, I probably would have won. But, like, I had Auburn going all the way to the championship, to the ship. Yeah. I had them going all the way. They didn't make it all the way, but they made it further than anybody else thought they would. But it's like I told you, I watch who's hot. I don't look at no record. I don't look, okay, well, well that's Kentucky. That means they got to win. You know, just because it's Kentucky. Just because of the name. And I, I I watch, and I see who's hot. And that year, at the end of the year, Auburn was extremely hot. And I said, you know what? I'm going to ride this donkey. Dude, and I bet, it, I I bet nobody so, else will do it. And sure enough. That was back um, in Cobb has just grown so much as a sport fan. And, uh, I, I mean, I followed suit. Is I remember uh, Cobb still cared specifically just about Auburn mm-hmm. at that time. And now he's so funny because he mm-hmm. has like, he has a Texas A&M hoodie. He has a Tennessee shirt, <laughs> you know, and like he, he, he doesn't care. He, he like wears them on purpose, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. just to strike up that conversation. And just until they start doing good again, then he's going to wear all Auburn. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't think he will. Because I remember during uh, Auburn being hot, he was really into it. And all my Auburn buddies were. It was a remarkable season, mm-hmm. and I still believe they got cheated out of that NC game. Oh, uh, definitely. And I still think they probably should have won, but neither here or there. But like, just in fandom, I think uh, Cobb is cutting edge, and he does it right. Mm. Is I think it's I think it, I think it's good to have a team, and I think uh, you should wear you should wear your colors. But uh, I think it's more important to be a fan of the game. Definitely. You appreciate it more. Yeah. You don't just look at the win-lose, the score. You look, <coughs> you look at why they lost. I, and I think you and I are sport rotten. And, but, like, we've always been Bama fans. And I remember Bama not being good at football when I was growing up and yeah, still being a Bama fan. And now we're living in, like, these glory Saban days. Mm-hmm. It's it's easy um for me and like when the haters you know screw Alabama or whatever okay blow that off what is your school doing really mm-hmm. you, you know nothing you say matters mm. but in the end of the day it's like really what does it matter because what stake do I have in it it's like yeah we're in tied pride I mean we actually do have skin in the game if you want to talk about yeah. that but uh other than that unless I make a bet on a game I don't get paid if Bama wins, and I, you know. That's what I tell people because, like, anytime I introduce myself, especially at work. Oh, you're from Alabama. You're, yeah, you're one of yeah. them. Because they're all you're state Alabama fans, fan. right? Yeah, you're an Alabama fan, and I'm telling them about. Look, I'm an Alabama fan to the core. I'm gonna pull for my team. Yeah. I'm on. I'm gonna like them when they lose. But I can appreciate your team too. But well, it's not just that. I mean, I love it. Lose. I mean, you typically uh, having a winning season is a is a great success for you. Yeah. And I'm gonna pull for that. Winning, but win or lose, 
I, my bills don't get paid by Alabama. That's right. I didn't even go there. <laughs> you yeah. know, I didn't even attend the school. Yeah, I don't really have those colors. So I don't, I don't take it as far as, and there is a, a bad stereotype on Alabama fans because most of them are, you know, they'll get mad at you and go poison trees. I mean, oh yeah, people like that make it hard for people like me and you <laughs> that understand that it's just a game. It's just a game. And it's not life or death. It's not really important. It's a it's an extracurricular activity that's at our disposal. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Well, man, we are at the fifty minute mark. Do you? Minute. You want to break out the guitars? Let's and do it. Jam a little bit. Let's do it. All right, talking part is done. Let me tell you this, boys and girls, is uh, if you will go to my YouTube channel. You can look up my name, or you can look up Porch Talk, and you'll quickly find it. If you'll subscribe, you don't have to hit the notification bell or anything like that. And um, I'm going to be putting content on there, but I really want to get to 100 subscribers to where uh, we can take this show uh, live on YouTube, and we can uh, set a specific time and date uh, to where we're going to do this, and you can interact, and we can all have a big hee-haw together. And so if you would do that, rate and review uh, the podcast on whatever app it is that you listen to on. That helps a lot. And if you want to follow us on social media, there's some pictures and videos of uh, all the things that we're doing. And uh, just thank you so much for listening. But we're about to uh, jam out here. Let's see. All right, all right, all right. Let's... This, uh, I played this one last night. I was excited about it. It's the latest one that I wrote. It was, it was just poetry for some time. I didn't have anything to do with it. And then, um, it was really inspired by, um, Will Stewart, uh, County Seat. If you haven't checked out that album, I would. Oh, let's play that one next, That's a fun song. It's called uh, Far Away. Neighborhood of A. same place I was last year Hell-bent on some saving grace Fear became a virtue And that took you away It never changes anything And my heart grew cold And you slipped away some land no one's own. I'm gonna build my house and tend the ground. Sow the truth and slowly turn gray. Far away. 
don't look me up to build that pyre I don't want no part of yesterday I found me a dog and he can sit and stay And we're gonna be far away Far away I'm gonna grab my things and get Far away Far away Far Cool? Yeah. What else? She sang that one. You got the voice. <clears throat> the voice. Are oh, you ready? Uh huh. Sitting on the dock of the bay, 
Very nice. Very nice. It's been nice playing for y'all and talking to you. I hope you like the show. Unbridled and untamed. Unbridled and untamed. Thank you much. More content soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.